Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of All Queued Up, the review podcast tied to streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Prime, HBO Max, Disney Plus, what have you. I'm your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always is Maya Don Fisher. How you been this week? Uh, I don't know. This week, this week. Oh, yeah, this week was devastating. Yeah. My, my, my beloved Tar Heels of the University oh. of North Carolina, they just had an incredible run. Uh, you know, in early March, they were like, well, we don't know if the Tar Heels are even going to make the tournament. They made the tournament, and they knocked off the number one seed, Baylor. They knocked off the number three seed, Purdue. Uh, or was it not Purdue? Shit. Uh, they knocked off number two, Duke. First time Carolina and Duke have ever met in the tournament. In the Final Four, they met in the Final Four, no less, and beat Duke and ended Coach K's career. And went to the finals, the championship game. They were up by 15 at halftime. They were dominating the game and then just lost to Kansas by three. It was heart it was heart wrenching. Uh, it was great until Monday night, and then Monday night is oh, I was devastated. Um, but hey, you know they had an incredible run. Uh, saw some great basketball, some great games. Those kids played their hearts out. And, you know, I'm proud to be a Tar Heels fan. What can I say? But, yeah. Other than that, things have been good. Um, nothing, uh, nothing too, I don't know, nothing, really nothing else. Going on now, basketball season is over. Well, college basketball season is anyway. I don't watch NBA because I don't care. Uh, <clears throat> it's it's there's a there's a difference between college ball and professional ball, and it's like you know the college players they play for pride, they play for what have you. The pros, it's just completely different. Uh, and the rule sets are different. And it's just, yeah. Anyway, I don't want to get into it now. How are you doing? How was your week? Uh, eh, it's been better. I've been having a lot of uh, financial issues lately. Um, it's been it's it's been rough. Uh, I've kind of told you off, off podcast about it, but... yeah. It's got me extremely stressed out, so there's that. But um, did I? No, because it happened. I think this happened Friday, so I don't think I've talked about it on the podcast. I talked about the guy at the the with the um, parking <laughs> spot, right, on the podcast. No, no, that happened this weekend. Okay, I thought it happened Friday. I wasn't sure, um, or Saturday, one of the fucking two. Anyway, so for um, for context. Uh, when I go, when I because I DoorDash. If if you're new to the podcast, that's my main job. That's my main source of income is DoorDash, and I like doing DoorDash. But there are a few occasions where things kind of are dumb, um, namely being the situation that I had where I have to go. Sometimes I have to go to apartment complexes because people order from apartment complexes, and I hate doing it, mainly because um, I have to hunt down the apartment. I understand if you want to order DoorDash and you live in an apartment complex, that's fine. I have no issues with that, nor, nor should anybody else who uh, delivers DoorDash. But, like, have the wherewithal to understand that it is difficult finding your apartment in, an, an accompli in a complex like that. If you, in the instructions, say, like, my building number is this... That helps a lot or kind of give small directions. Like when you come in through the front gate, it's to the right. That helps a ton. People don't do that. They just order. So I come to the apartment complex. Oddly enough, it was because I live in the same town that I grew up in. It's literally the same apartment complex that I spent a solid two years of my life in. Um, 
and uh, when I get there, I have to I have to look at their map, try to figure out where I need to go, and um, find the apartment to begin with. Which means sometimes walking around the entire like I know the building now. I know where the I know the building number. Now I have to find the apartment. This order has already pissed me off because they they clearly didn't tip. It was only three dollars I was getting. So in the process of trying to find the apartment, I have to get I have to park and get out of the car. But I'm not going to park in a guest spot because a guest spot is a solid like four to five times the distance that it would be if I just park in a random carport spot, right? Yeah. Now here in California, I don't know about other places, but just about every single apartment complex I go to, the carport spots are designated per apartment, like they're reserved, if you will. Yeah, yeah. The, now the complex that I live in, we don't have assigned parking numbers, uh, and we have plenty of parking uh, for guests and residents combined. But the same company owns multiple complexes, and when I used to live in Norton, back when Misty and I first met, uh, I lived in the same. Uh, a different complex owned by the same company, and we did have assigned parking there. Uh, oh. Which is odd that it's not assigned here, oddly enough. But I guess the, the main reason they do it here is there's a lot of senior citizens here, and a lot of them, uh, a lot of disabled people. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, Gimp Central here. <laughs> uh, so, so I find a random spot to park. I head to the person's house or apartment. And on the app, you have the option, because of COVID, to say, leave at door or hand to me. And I'm pretty confident that DoorDash is going to keep just keep that for a, a long time. Yeah. Because um, it, there's a convenience to it. Like, all I have to do is drop it off at your door and then take a picture of it, send it your way. Um. I also, what I tend to do is just send like a little text message of like, have a good day because sometimes the picture doesn't go through quick enough. So, you know, but the text will, the text will go right away. Okay. Um, and the text uh, will like, let them know that Greg they froze. Uh, did I? Oh no. There you are. That was nothing froze on my end. That was weird as hell. Everything good yeah. now? Yeah, everything's fine now. So uh, we had a hiccup. Anyway, technical difficulties, folks. Um that's what, what happens when you record live. Yeah. We'll just we'll just keep that in. Who cares? Uh anyway, I just I take a picture of it and I and I move on. But this person said hand to me, which means I have to wait at their door for them to come to it. Usually not a big deal. Usually I wear a mask, knock on the door, hand them their food, say have a great day, and walk away. No big deal. On occasion, a person will not come to their door soon enough. So what I have to do is tell the app, um, hey, it's uh, they're not coming to their door. Like, I can't get a hold of the customer. It'll then have me say, hey, make sure you try to call or text them. And um, uh, after five minutes, you're allowed to leave the order at the door and walk away. Take a picture of it and walk away. So I knock, nothing. They don't have a doorbell. It's just wires coming out of the wall. And I'm like, okay. So I knock again, nothing. And I'm just kind of, now, now I'm irritated because they didn't even tip. So I'm like, this, this isn't worth my fucking time. And uh, so I immediately say I can't get a hold of the customer. It does the five minutes thing. So I text, hey, I'm at your front door. Nothing. Uh, it's now like four minutes. So I, I knock again, nothing. I knock harder that time too. Like a, like a, like a cop was at the door or something. And I'm just like, this is fucking pissing me the absolute fuck off. Um, it's about two minutes left. So I call. Right. And it just goes mm -hmm. to like, this number cannot be reached or whatever. I was like, what the fuck? So I wait the full five minutes it hits zero i leave the order down i back up down the stairs a little bit to take a picture as i go to take the picture they open the fucking door wow. so now it's now it's been a solid fucking 10 minutes since i've parked right yeah 
I'm irritated. I just kind of like, I don't want the fucking low stars, so I don't say anything, kind of, you know, whatever. I just go, have a good day, and I walk away. I go back to the car, and I see somebody parked right behind my car, like blocking me in completely. And I'm like, what the fuck? And it's not even sideways. They didn't even park sideways. They, like, intentionally went around and put their fucking nose of their car to the back of my car, which was wild. Because they could have just, you know, parked uh, vertically and blocked me in, but they chose that direction, so whatever. Uh, I see, like, what I thought at first was a sock because it was super limp and just kind of under my windshield wiper. But it turned out to be, like... (laughs) It turned out to be a napkin from like a restaurant. A limp sock. That's what it, I, I swear to God, that's what I thought it was at first. And I, I, so I pull it out and it says on it, very haphazardly written, park here again and I will tow your car. And I'm like, okay. Nobody is in the car that's blocking me in. It's just, I'm just standing there looking around like, what the fuck is going on? And I, uh, um, I see a guy come around the corner of a building and because like I said, I grew up in that apartment complex. He was coming around from where the main office is because he was going to try to call somebody to have me towed. That's what he was trying to do. Yeah. So I say, knowing the situation, just still a little odd. I went, Hey, sorry. I had to park here. I was delivering a DoorDash order. I'm a dasher. And they just took longer at their door. Usually I'm not in a spot for more than five minutes. You parked in my spot. Uh, <laughs> sir, I understand that. I'm just trying to deliver an order quick, and I just you know pick a spot, and then I go and deliver the order, and then I'm done. Why'd you park in my spot? Because I'm a, I'm, I'm a door dasher. I deliver food for a living, and I was trying to get the order quickly done, but they didn't come to the door fast enough, so I was in this parking spot a lot longer than I want to be, but I've only been in the spot for like 10 minutes. Don't park in my spot. Yeah, I, I'm. That's understandable. I didn't want to park in your spot. I had to deliver an order. Is that hard to understand? And he goes, "Don't park in my spot again." I went, "All right, dude, just move your fucking car." Jesus Christ! I already told you what was wrong. Just move your car so I can get out of your parking spot. He gets in his car, and I'm just like, "The fuck, man." I think every day at the end of your shift, you should go to that complex and park in his spot and wait every day for a week just for the fucking fun of it. Just to, I'm, just to call him on his bullshit. I'm petty. I can be really petty. I ain't that fucking petty. Not right now, at least. Not with what, what I got going on. I got way more important shit than deal with a fucking moron. Here's the thing. I don't I don't think he's smart enough to know that I was being petty. Like, I explained to this guy three separate times, apologized probably more than, than was needed, and he still didn't get it, dude. Like, was still super dense about it, so. Boomer? Oh, so yeah, solid, like. At oh, least, okay. like in his in his late fifties or early sixties, one of the two. Okay. Well, not that that excuses anything, but no, no. But you know, I was just like, I was like, like I've I've analyzed that situation, and I'm suddenly thinking, like, I didn't do a fucking thing wrong in that whole scenario. So it's just weird. But at the very least. In my opinion, you spent more time trying to explain the situation to him instead of just saying, can you move your car and I'll get out of your way? And, uh, after the first time, if he didn't, if he wasn't having it, I would have been like, what the fuck ever? <clears throat> yeah, it was, yeah, it was more, way more time than was needed because, oh, Lord, dude. All right, anyway, uh, <laughs> so. I've just I've just been having a I've been having a week a real fucking not great week so, but y'all tip your fucking dashers like I know not all the dashers are good not like some dashers just don't actually give a shit about your stuff and kind of our our shits or whatever but 
most of us are trying to do a good job and depend on that money. So if you're sitting there thinking, I don't want to tip a dasher because I've gotten, you know, orders that are cold or something to that effect. Like, yeah, you're using a service where people are private, privately contact contracted. You're going to have some bad fucking dashers straight up. And I apologize for that. And, and you might be tipping a bad dasher, but, you know, also put it from this perspective. That Dasher is, even if he's doing a bad job, he's still doing a job. And also providing you a convenience. Because yeah. here's the thing. They've got a hot bag to keep your food warm and a cold bag to keep cold food cold. Uh, you don't have that shit. And they're bringing it to you. You didn't even have to fucking put, put on pants. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, I don't give a shit if it's fucking not as optimal temperature or not. Tip your fucking dashers. You know, I was a fucking pizza delivery person for eight and a half years of my life. <clears throat> Loved that fucking job. Um, I mean, if I still had the ability to do so, I would probably do that because it was so much fucking fun. I mean, yeah, the job itself, you know. I get to ride around taking pizza to people, listening to music as loud as it'll go all fucking day long. I mean, shit. I mean, What's that's all bad that's, about that? I was like, that's all I'm doing when I'm dashing is either listening to music or or listening to uh, podcasts. And right now, I'm 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 making my way through uh, uh, Critical Role. Yeah, yeah Critical Role campaign too. So, <sighs> but um, yeah, it's just. I'm stressed out, y'all. I'm stressed the fuck out. But anyway, so let's go ahead and talk about our shows that we're going to be reviewing today. Uh, we're going to yeah. talk, about, talk about episode two of Moon Knight and episode two of Halo. Um, I think I guess we'll start on Halo since it came out first. Uh, so yeah, episode two kind of picks up right where episode one left off, obviously. I mean, why would you make a show that doesn't do that? Um, and Chief and, uh, Quan? Quan? Yeah. Quan Ha. Quan, okay. Um, I know it starts with a Q, a Q-W, but I was like, is it Quinn or Quan? Anyway. Um. No, it starts with a K. K-W-A-N. Yeah. So, yeah, we left off with them heading out. And, but we, we technically start the show off with a younger Master Chief, or John. Uh, when he was still in the, the training. And there's a Spartan 2 that's escaping named Soren, uh, 066, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. And uh, this was the first major difference from the books to the game. Um, or, sorry, the books to the show, is that Soren never did this in the original context. It works for the show, 100%. Uh, but it's, it's, this is, that was, that was a pretty big departure. Okay. But Soren is, is escaping because, uh, well, Halsey's kind of a piece of shit. So there's that. Um, but that's a whole other can of worms we'll get into. Uh, why does it have to be worms? I don't like worms. Okay. What, what does the can contain that could get out and then be annoying? Well, worms are gross. Um, but annoying. Welcome to our mm. podcast where we analyze phrases. Yeah, yeah. It's a can of <laughs> llama beans. It's like a can of llama beans. Okay. So llama I think beans the can aren't good, and they're annoying, and they're big, and they taste bad, but they're not wriggly and slimy and stink. Or at least they're not alive. Anyway, fuck it. I, I lost it. <laughs> Let's go. Moving on. So it, then it jumps to uh, uh, Chief and Quan uh, dealing with the fact that, like, when they come out of hyperspace, um, they're in the middle of an asteroid field. But the reason they're in the middle of an asteroid field is because that's where Soren basically escaped to was this somewhat hidden society away from the UNSC because they are, well, rebels to the UNSC. Um, 
it's not fully like explained yet in this episode why there are rebels to the UNSC. Um, but the the main reason that Chief <clears throat> goes there is because the device, the the artifact, I should say, um, is uh, uh, it needs to be examined. And Chief was like, the only person I know that can help with that is Soren. One thing about this scene that I really enjoyed from the technical aspect, uh, you know. There's no sound in space. It's a vacuum. Yes, yes. And in many, many TV shows, many, many movies that we've all grown up with, you always have full battle sounds, full vehicle sounds, you know, spaceships. You have your swooshing, your engine sounds, and everything. This had that. But it was very, very muffled, like it was underwater. Yeah. And I thought that was a great touch because that's not something that you get often when it comes to space scenes. It's like very muted, very muffled. And I just thought that was a well done aspect from a technical standpoint. I appreciated it a lot. What's what's really funny about that scene to me is that um there is only one scene in the games that I can think of that's a ship flying through space or that your character's controlling it, and that's in Halo Reach. Um, and I remember there not being any sound for that. There's a whole scene in Halo 2 where uh, Chief is on one of the frigates, and he's heading back to Earth, and he's falling through space, and I think that also was muffled. Mm. So, um, but yes, I totally agree. Like when sci-fi has full on, like big ass sounds in space, it's like, mm, has no air to travel, but that's okay. It's sci-fi. But yeah, they, yeah, I agree. I agree with you on that. Uh, but yeah, so the next scene is inside the, the, the rebel, let's say rebel base. Uh, it's hard to call it that cause that's more star Wars, but whatever. Um, Echo 3 to Rebel Base. <laughs> uh, Chief basically talks to Soren, and Soren, Soren's doing his job trying to convince Chief to stay, to not go back to the UNSC, but you know, Chief's going to anyway, because one of the things they talk about in this large scene is that essentially Spartans are programmed. And uh, Soren removed a chip, as I think is what he was talking about. Yeah, he said there's... Uh... Uh, a hormonal implant that basically distributes these pellets into their system. They're like on a time release and it suppresses all their emotions. Yeah. Um, which I'll have to do a little bit of research because I don't remember if that's a part of the original lore, but I know that there's something there from my memory there was no suppressor chip or anything like that in the, in the original lore. It was just straight. Like when you kidnap, a, well, uh, Greg almost there. spoiled something. <laughs> Again, I don't know if the show is going to use what I want to say, but they could. And I don't think you want to know. Uh, anyway, um, they end up going meeting a guy who's in their jail, who's seemingly crazy, but he was in uh, a covenant ship. Like he was, he was basically uh, a prisoner of war of the covenant for a while, and he's lost his fucking mind. But he is what uh, he's he's a a sensitive uh, of of sorts. Um, he can. Let's see. His name's Reth. Uh, I'm looking to see if there's anything in this description. You know, basically, though, he can he he he's the one that Soren wants John to take the artifact to to see if he can make heads or tails of it. Yeah. 
uh, and the guy basically explains to like Chief and Soren that uh, only special people can um, activate can touch activate the artifact. Yeah. Um, again, and I and I don't want to spoil anything because whatever, but. I immediately knew what the fuck he was talking about. Immediately knew. Um, that is direct lore. Like, pulled from the fucking games themselves. Not this scene, but what Reth is talking about. Or Wrath, or what the fuck his name was. Wrath, yeah. Um, it doesn't matter. He's not, he's not, he's not going to be able... He's, his characters are coming back. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, he. Uh, the other thing that was crazy was when Chief touched it and activated it. It like sent out the shockwave that like made everybody fucking buckle because of the pain either in their ears or their head or whatever. Yeah, some type of psychic backlash they were experiencing. But Chief basically tells Soren like, "Keep Quan safe. I'm gonna head back to the UNSC with the artifact because if it can tell the UNSC anything about." The covenant and help with this war then i need to go do that and uh soren's like well uh i'll keep her safe but you're an idiot yeah and uh it was it was a lot and then like chief goes back and gets arrested and that's that there is a whole scene with uh, uh, Halsey and the UNSC leaders. Yeah. Uh, I basically, basically she is revealing the Cortana project to them. And they say, well, as long as you found a legal workaround, the flash cloning, then we say, go for it. Gave her the green light. Yeah. Uh, cause the, 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 she's basically talking about how utilizing a clone's brain is how she could make the AI that could control Master Chief or other Spartans for that matter. Um, and, uh, yeah, she says she's given the green light for that. And then there's a scene where she's talking to Chief in the jail cell. And it's very, very vague and very quick and kind of like cryptic, if you will. But, uh, and then the last shot is her turn or opening the pod with the clone in it. Saying yeah. we're going to do great things or something like that. Now, we do also see um, the young, uh, the prophets on high charity, <laughs> their ward. Oh, yes, we do. What's what's her name? How do you say it? Mackie or Mackie or Maki? I think it's Maki, but I'm gonna double check. It's spelled M A K E E. Is it bad that I know the names of each of those prophets? By the way, which they haven't even called them prophets. That's all me. That's all me doing that to you. No, she 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 calls them mercy. She calls the one mercy, and I think that's the the one in charge. Uh, there's there's truth, mercy, and uh. I lost it. I lost. I had it in my head, and I lost it. Oh, what is the last fucking prophet called? It's okay. I'm now. Now I'm gonna fucking search that up because that's anyway. Nuts. While you're looking that up, uh, the surviving elite from Madrigal says that Master Chief activated the relic, and she's regret like, the prophet oh, okay. regret. That's what. Okay. Anyway. She's like, you saw him do what I can do, implying that she is also one of these special people that can activate uh, what they called a keystone. Uh, so, yeah, Maki. She and in, she insisted that she be allowed to infiltrate. Uh, she's like, I can recover it. I can move around among the humans. You can't. I can because she's a, a she, human. She's human, so presumably, yeah, presumably. <clears throat> Again, she she looks she's, it anyway. 
she's spanking new to me. Like I have no that she's not in the fucking original lore. She's brand new. So oh, that's no cool. Fucking clue what, who, or like her. I have nothing, nothing on her. I have theories, and they're based on the lore knowledge that I have. But if I tell you my theory, it might spoil the show. So, I'm gonna okay. leave it to myself. That's fine. Well, I mean, you know, there was there was some cool visual aspects in this one. Uh, some some more uh, some more exposition, some more questions. Uh, yeah, a lot less action than the first one. A lot less action. I agree. You know, really, the only action there was uh, was is moving a fucking a forklift and. Yeah. You know, pilot navigating through the asteroid cluster. Oh yeah, yeah. Which was fun. It looked really cool. Yeah, yeah, it did. It's it's really fun. Like for me, it's rare to be able to watch a show that's based on something that I have this much knowledge in. Like usually I have knowledge in it in the regards of it's it's something that I have watched, you know, or it's something that um yeah, I have knowledge on the background of. But this is the first time where I'm like, I know so much of the lore. It's crazy. Like I imagine Maya, it'd be like when if if they decide to do a an a new adaptation of the crow. <laughs> Well, they are doing a new adaptation of The Crow. Oh, that's right. They are. They casted Bill Skarsgård. I think it was. Is it Bill? The yeah. one that played Pennywise? Yeah, Bill Skarsgård. And, you know, that's all well and good, but I've been saying for three or four years now, I want a gender-bent version of The Crow, and I want to see Ruby Rose play let's, The Crow. Let's, That'd be let's, awesome. be, let's be honest. All of that stuff is A, rumor. And B, he's the only thing we know for sure is he's been cast in the show. Because I think he'd make a better villain than he would the crow. Oh, I agree. But regardless, it's just, it's crazy to watch this show, watch Halo, and just be like, I'm pretty sure that they're doing this and that they're doing that. And this and this character's doing this. And it's just, it's fucking wild because um, I don't get to do that very often. I don't get to make that a thing. You know, I, I, I get to just watch something with, you know, some knowledge and it's fun. It's so much fun. It does suck a little bit because I want you to be surprised by anything that they're going to try to do. Um, so I can't tell you my theories, but like, like last night, for example, before we did game night, I was talking to our friend Mark about, stuff with halo and my theories and since i have all this knowledge and he's played all the games and he knows he knows quite a bit not as much as i do but he knows a lot i proceeded to tell him something that you don't know mm -hmm. you joined the party and i went up up, 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 up like a <laughs> he just goes up oh, no spoilers and i went yeah we're done talking about that <laughs> so um but uh yeah this episode was solid i would say it's not as good as the first one but also the first one had like more action. Like it was, it had a little bit more nostalgia than the second episode for me. So uh, I'm going to give it, a, I'm just going to give it an A because it's, it's not, it's not bad by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to give it an A. Uh, it was solid, but it was good for different reasons than the first one. Uh, the first episode, you know, did have the action. It had the gore. It had, uh, the violence it had introductions this one you know is continuing introductions but now you're getting more exposition you're getting a little bit more to the overarching plot of where it's going uh, so it's it's a, so, a solid watch uh, in my opinion and I know there are people out there who were just like this show's awful um who are you, you know, anybody that you like your friends and stuff or something? Some of my friends are like, This show is awful. It's they, the, this is what happens when you have writers that don't know the source material. That's what they're saying. And I'm like, Okay, disagree. Good lord. I want to tell anybody listening to this podcast that that claims to know the source material if all you know is the games, you know, approximately 20% of the source material. 
uh, this show takes place before even the fucking earliest in lore video game. So without giving away too much or talking about too much of the spoilers, there's a big event that happens in the Halo lore that triggers the Covenant uh, Halo or the Covenant UNSC war, right? The Covenant human, I should say, because mm-hmm. it's not just UNSC at that point, but, and it's the planet Harvest. <clears throat> and uh, this show takes place probably a month, two months after Harvest. And approximately a month or two months before Reach. Um, And that's even if they're utilizing Harvest and Reach. Uh, So this is not the first game. This this takes place way the fuck before that. And uh, a lot of this show is going to utilize lore from the fucking novels. It already has a ton of lore from the novels. Um, but it's borrowing lore from the novel. So before you say, oh, they don't know the source material, you don't know the source material. I'm going to call y'all out. You don't know the source material. You think you do. You fucking don't. You absolutely, like, I've heard so many people say this. I've heard so many people go, well, it's not like, it's not like the games or something. It's not going to be like the games. First off, it's an adaptation, so they can do whatever the fuck they want with it. Secondly, If you knew the story like I do, you wouldn't be saying the dumb shit you are. Plus, too, you know, we've we've talked about in the past on this podcast how literal adaptations are bad. Uh, mm-hmm. Look at Zack Snyder's Watchmen. Hello, that's also- that's that's our prime example. We always go back to. I also don't want to see the same story in a different medium. If I want to play fucking Halo, I have the Master Chief Collection on my Xbox. I don't have to fucking watch the exact same thing that I've played multiple times. Exactly. Enjoy it for what it is. Give it a fair shake. You're sure to be entertaining. You do want to see this exact same thing. It's entertaining. I'm enjoying it. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you. uh, Yeah. But uh, what what grade did you say you get this upset? I'll give it an A. Absolutely. Oh, good shit. Um, yeah, I'm I'm real happy that you guys are enjoying it because now I get to share Halo with a friend who hasn't played the games. And I think that's the important part of these adaptations, by the way, is getting to that. Like, I can't wait for fucking. I I, I have a really strong feeling that the um, Last of Us TV show is going to be good, but it's going to be the same shit. It's going to be a lot of people just being like, "Dude, no, the source material." Ugh, drives me nuts. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so the next thing we're going to talk about, the last thing we're going to talk about, is episode two of Moon Knight. Um, yeah, I mean, again, this one picks up right after the first one left off, and uh, to an extent, uh, Mark, or not Mark, I'm sorry, wow, Stephen wakes up in his bed, but he's kind of dreaming of what happened the night before, because he darts out of his bed and fucking, you know, gets pulled back by the the, um, the tether. Yeah, the tether on his leg. Uh, he goes back to the museum, talks to the security guard. They watch the footage. And in the footage, you can't see the jackal that, that was chasing him. Uh, and obviously, there's no cameras in a bathroom because that's mostly illegal. Also morally wrong, but whatever. Um, so it just looks like Steven is fucking out of his mind is what it looks like. Uh, he loses his job because of the bathroom destruction from the first episode. And uh, he um, he goes out and he talks to the guy who, the, 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 gold, the street performer that tries to be a golden statue. Yeah. And uh, he, I don't remember, if there's something that happens in between him running into... A woman who like picks him up essentially well that he, he's like my only clue to proving that i'm not mad is this uh, this key to a storage locker i i need to find that and he goes and he's going to every branch because you know it's storage locker they've got their logo on the tag on the key tag and he's Eventually, he goes in. He's like, look, this is the fifth branch I've been to. Is there a storage locker here under uh, 
Stephen Grant or Mark, no surname, just Mark. Guy's like, oh, I never forget a face. You're number 43. That's and he I'm takes him to the storage locker. And it's basically set up like a survival bunker. Uh, you know, there's weapons, there's a duffel bag, there's a cot for sleeping, there's changes of clothes, uh, you know, there's some food in there, you know, but it's, he looks in the bag and he finds a gun and he finds that golden scarab. Yeah. And then he uh, has a, he has a conversation with Mark who presents himself through the reflections uh, because it's kind of a stainless steel, highly glossed, almost mirrored finish. And they're having a conversation. Yeah. He, and he's like, you're Mark Spector because he finds his passport. He's like, what are you doing in, in my head? And he's like, the, the conversation they have, he's basically saying, you know, just let me take over. Let me do this. I've got, once I'm done with this, you'll never hear from me again. He's like, no, I'm never letting you take control ever again. And he, you know, he says, look, I'm the avatar of Khonshu. He's like, Khonshu, the Egyptian god of the moon. And he's like, yeah. So, it, it, uh, he basically refuses Mark's offer and takes off with the scarab. Yeah, which immediately pisses and off the bag. Because... Yeah, he says he's going to turn it into the authorities and they'll lock him up and he can't hurt anybody anymore. Yeah. There's a lot that happened this episode now that I think about it. Jesus. Yeah. And that's when Conchu chases him and confronts him. And uh, he runs out. And that's when Layla uh, almost hits him with her moped. That's right. Yeah. And when they're driving back to Mark's, or sorry, Steven's apartment, that's going to take me getting used to because I, I think I've said this on the podcast before. I don't know much about Moon Knight at all because uh never read Moon Knight, but he definitely teamed up with characters that I did read. And whenever that was the case, they called him Mark. I've always known him as Mark Spector, the Moon Knight. Uh recently like i'm talking about like when they announced his show that he has a uh, did i was like oh shit so this steven character whew. like i know a little bit more about about him now because of the people that i follow who talk about comics and have read mm -hmm. uh there's a, there's a guy following tiktok whose favorite character is moon knight and he's oh wow a ton of moon knight so like listening to him talk about the character himself and all like i'm like this is great this is this is knowledge i needed um, but, uh, but yeah, Layla called, Layla says that, uh, she's his wife, Mark's wife, to which this surprises Steven. They go back to the apartment and upon being in the apartment, they talk about, like, she reveals that they went on adventures and that they, they're getting a divorce and all this kind of shit about specifically, um, about Mark and, uh, she or he he has this he has this the the scarab in the backpack and through a mirror mark is trying to tell steven to not mention the scarab don't give the scarab away because if if the people who uh, uh are with ethan hawk's character um arthur yeah arthur arthur harrow um if they know that she has it or she knows about it then her life is in danger to which that that stops steven from telling her but she just muscles her way because, you know, she's she's assertive and dominant where uh, Stephen is not. Stephen is meek and, and shy and all that kind of shit. And uh, but she goes to the bag and gets it out anyway. She straight up knows about it. And Mark doesn't even say anything through the mirror. He's just watching angrily. Uh, then there's a knock on the door and it's a couple of police and detectives trying to. Uh, they want to interview Stephen about what happened the night before. Uh, since the bathroom was fucking annihilated, and well, um, it's imp it's implied he assumes that. Yeah, and he's he's not being you know he he's being suspicious as fuck because that's they they come inside and they're looking at all his stuff. They find the passport for for Mark and um they go to take him in and and as as driving driving to the location, that's when Stephen recognizes the 
the tattoo on their arm that shows that they're with Harrow. And uh, so because of all this, um, the uh, Stephen has a great conversation with Harrow, like legitimately a good villain type of conversation. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. Same here. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, uh, the conversation is basically that Harrow was Conchu's avatar at one point, but that Conchu lies and deceits and that he's just a giant fucking baby who throws temper, temper tantrums and the other, god, other gods don't respect him for. Um, and in a way it's revealed, uh, that Harrow is kind of correct in that. However, Harrow and uh, the sun god that he follows, Amit, Amit, um, they are. He wants to find. He wants to use the scarab. It acts as a compass, a wayfinder to her tomb. He, he wants, wants to, to resurrect her so she can purge humanity of any potential all evils. Yeah. Like, they want to shred up Minority Report people versus, you know, waiting for them to commit the crime, which is what Mark and Steven, or that Conchu is doing. Conchu essentially gives, uh, that's that's the assumed, pres- the, 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 the presumption there is that that is what Moon Knight wants. Mm-hmm. Like, he's waiting for that, like, uh, but but yeah, Amit, Amit's just like. I, I, I love that, I love that conversation because Harrow's like. The problem with Conchu is when you get justice, people have already been hurt. And to which Stephen comes back with, he said, yeah, but what if a kid's not going to do something for 30 years? You're going to kill a kid for something that they may or may not do 30 years from now? Yeah, exactly. It's that it was that moral compass piece that I thought was so important to keep in mind. Mm hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, obviously Harold wants to know where the scarab is. They kind of explain that the scarab is a, is essentially a compass to a tomb or something like that. That's, that's what I just said. Oh, sorry. It's, it's, it's like a wayfinder to Amit's tomb. Okay, I didn't. I didn't catch that it was Ahmet's tomb. I thought it was just a a tomb that has something important in it. So that's 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 what I thought that was. Anyway, uh, yeah, because Layla shows up with it. And yeah, he's like, "Where is it? I don't have it." And she's like, "I have it." And then yeah. a fight breaks out, and then you see him. You see Harrow summon a jackal. Uh, because he he holds his cane up. He said, "Do you know what this is?" He said, "This is a sliver. This is a gift from Amit, and it's a sliver of her power." Yeah. And he summons a jackal. Uh, to which jackal, jackal, jackal is a jackal. Um, to which Layla can't see it. Uh, which was a big nobody, revelation to us. Yeah, nobody else can see it. It's just the only people that can see it apparently are Harrow and Stephen. Yeah, and by proxy, Mark. Uh, and he gets. Uh, she keeps saying, "You need to summon the suit." He's like, "I don't know how to do that." And then he gets knocked out of the window, and he starts screaming, "Suit, suit, suit!" And then when he hits the ground, you know, he's wearing an actual three-piece suit with a version of the Moon Knight hood. <laughs> so, uh, what's really interesting, and this is what I found out through that guy's TikTok and other sources, that 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 version of Moon Knight is called Mister Knight. Um, oh, in the comics, um, from what I understand, that that uh, 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 Moon or Mister Knight character is not as much of a crime fighter as moon knight is and Mm -hmm. that mr knight will work with the cops and that he's just a concerned citizen however i think they're utilizing it differently here and that it's just it's just steven's avatar form yeah because he like bends the fucking shit out of a bumper (laughs) yeah 
he he realized, oh wow, I'm strong, and he actually stands up to the jackal and punches the shit out of it, and then proceeds to get his ass handed to him again. Yeah, to where he concedes to Mark. He's like, okay, you can take over just this once, but I'm taking back over after you're done, and. We see Mark take over and we see him become Moon Knight in the ceremonial armor of Khonshu, as it's called, uh, and proceed to do some great Moon Knight shit, jumping and scaling buildings and climbing up and jumping across rooftops and shit, leading the jackal on a chase away from people uh, to where he jumps off of a ledge and the jackal's following him to where he grabs the jackal and proceeds to use this momentum to impale it on a spire uh, and kills it. And then he relinquishes the Moon Knight power and realizes uh, that Stephen is now aware of what's going on and can talk to him through the reflections. He's like, what's going on here? You're not supposed to have this. You shouldn't be able to do this. Something's changed. So now it's like they can both talk to each other, uh, which is going to lead to an interesting dynamic. Yeah, the 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 part that was that stand out to me about that scene was when they're arguing about who gets control of the body, essentially, and and Mark starts going, "Shut up, shut up, shut up!" as he's like kicking the kicking glass. the shit out of the fucking mirror because that showed to me something important about Mark's character. He is irrational. He. Uh, he he can't he came off as calm and cool and collected until that moment mm-hmm. but he's not as calm and cool and collected as we might have thought so that that to me i was like that's going to be an important aspect like you got to keep that in mind as going forward but it also put Kanchu on this like you're watching that scene harrow's right about Kanchu. at least that's how it's coming across now yeah, because he's like, look, I don't need you. I'll just use her. He's like, no, no, I'll honor our deal. Where do we got to go next? And the show ends with he wakes up and he's in Egypt. Uh, he's overlooking the pyramids of Giza from a hotel room. Yeah. Oh, um. Yeah, and... Uh... That's yeah. I don't know where we go from here. I genuinely don't. It's it's wild. It did a lot more, Stephen, than I thought this episode was going to. Like I think we talked about that last week, where were we gonna get to see Moon Knight be a badass? But he apparently just as soon as he left the bathroom, he just turned, he just put the suit away and then walked out. Um. Also, I don't know if you caught this. But in the scene when he is in the Mr. Knight persona and he's fighting the Jackal and he gets slammed up against that double-decker bus. Yeah. <clears throat> there's a banner on the bus that says the GRC, the Global Repatriation Council. Oh, nice. That was introduced in Falcon and Winter Sol- Soldier. Yeah. So this recurs. This occurs after the snap. So yeah, I think it's I think technically said... taking place after Hawkeye. Yeah, this is, uh, unless it's explicitly uh, said to us, always assume it's the next one in line, essentially yeah. timeline-wise. Or their uh, their present day, because I think their present day is a solid five years ahead of our personal present day. Uh, two years, technically. Two years? Two years. Yeah, because yeah, 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 you're right. the, snap, the snap occurred in 2017. And five years later, in 2022, everybody came back. Um, yeah, because Spider-Man uh, uh, Far From Home takes place in 2023. That's right. And No Way Home took place in 2024. Yeah. And so did Hawkeye. So this is happening roughly at the same time that No Way Home and Hawkeye is taking place. Or just after. Because all... it doesn't appear to be Christmas time in London. Right, 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 right. 
but this show is mostly like fucking divorced from everything else marvel like it's its own so far so far i mean with other than the grc tie-in it's pretty much divorced but that does establish it in universe yeah it's 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 cool regardless like it's it's neat so it makes me wonder though uh, because the next the next episodes come out April thirteenth, the twentieth, the twenty seventh, and May fourth. Wonder if we'll see Moon Knight and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. That's a bit, yeah, maybe. I think it's wild that fucking like no joke. Like after the show ends, literally the Wednesday that it premieres, Thursday slash Friday, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness comes out. Yeah, and uh. And then we have nothing for a whole month. And then we get Miss Marvel on June 8th. June 8th? The, I think so. Top of June, so whatever. But Marvel's just like, did you want content? Because you're going to fucking get it. I'm like, uh-huh, thanks. Um, but yeah, I'm going to give this episode a, a, an, an A. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um. I think my only issue with the reason it's not a plus is it feels like it's moving faster than the time allotted. Like the pacing feels faster than it should be. Does that make sense? Well, I think the, you know, maybe it's paced the way it is because of Steven slash Mark having the dissociative identity disorder. It's fast paced and jumps to replicate how disoriented he would be in that regard. Well, I think we're as an audience definitely supposed to be as confused as Steven for sure. At least that's the intent, but yeah, you're, you're probably right. I know that, uh, I guess I would just like. I don't know. This, I guess the point I'm making about this episode is I would have liked to see more of Mark than we got, because um, they still went with the motif of the first episode. You know, they they audience members knew what was going on because everyone knew that Isaac Oscar Oscar Isaac was cast as Moon Knight. We all knew that, so everything that was going on when he was blacking on the first episode, we knew it was Moon Knight doing that stuff. That being said, um, uh, for episode two to kind of continue it, it felt, I don't know, I want to say wrong, but I don't know. It, it bridged all the gaps. Like everything made sense and fit into place. I think in episode three, We'll see a lot more of Mark with Steven oh, in absolutely. the background. Absolutely. So we'll 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 get what you, what you felt this one was lacking a little of. Yeah, I mean it's not bad by any stretch of the imagination. Like an A, no, it's not no, bad. But yeah, I also give it an A. I thought it was just fascinating and really well done. I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, the visuals are good. Uh, Ethan Hawke, I love his character. Love his yeah. character. He's doing killer. Yeah, it's a fun. It's definitely fun. I, I, I want to know more about, um, like Ahmet in general. Like uh, the Egyptian pantheos of gods, um, is not something I'm super familiar with when it comes to Marvel. Yeah, um, I know that like. Just about every Pantheos exists within the Marvel, you know, comic book universe. Pan like Pantheon. What? What I say? Pantheos. Sorry, Pantheon mm -hmm. of Mythos is what I combined two words. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. The the the. Because like a lot of people make jokes that like Steve is still a Christian, even though like. Thor exists or you know Hercules exists or some shit like that and it's like yeah those gods exist also Jesus exists in the Marvel comic books <laughs> like he straight up does he's 
joined the Avengers a couple times. And I'm not just talking about an ad for fucking uh, uh, fruit pies. Like he hmm. full on cannon, full on cannon. So Toting an AK 47, just like in South Park. Not quite, but yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> um, but when it comes to the, the, the Egyptian uh, pantheon, I, I don't know much in regards to Marvel. So I know they exist, but I like, you know, I have um, from back from third edition D and D I've got a pantheon, a book on pantheons uh, to where you could adapt like Norse and Egyptian and uh, there's something else. It might be Greek uh, gods into your campaigns instead of using regular D&D gods. I'm going to pull that off the shelf today and take a look at it and see if it actually has Khonshu and Amit in there. Uh, I know there's gods like Ra and Set and you know a few others, but yeah, I, I was gonna say I know I know um, uh, Egyptian gods outside of Marvel continuity. Um, I'm just gonna I just want to look at it and see if there's you know similarities how yeah you know how strong they stick to the source material etc. Yeah, because I was like. That was one thing that I had to explain to people was that gods in Marvel don't act like gods in actual um, mythology. Like Thor, for example, drank an entire ocean because Loki tricked him to thinking it was beer. We're not going to see that in Marvel. <laughs> Swimming pool, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh or that like Loki fucks anything. Um, I mean, if it has a vagina, Loki will try to fuck it. Sometimes Loki will just turn into thing with a vagina to get fucked. Welcome to Norse mythology. Uh, anyway, moving on. Let's go ahead and close out the episode. I have to get going. Because um, it's going to be 90 degrees over here and the air conditioner is broken on my car. So that's fun. Uh, next week, guys, we're going to review episode three of both Halo and Moon Knight. That'll continue until Moon Knight's over. Um, and then we'll figure out something else to review with Halo until Halo's over. Um, which will be funny because I don't think we're going to ever have a week without something to review for a hot minute. That being said, since May is coming up, I do want to resurrect the summer movie wager. Um, oh yeah back. absolutely yeah it's like people are going back to the theater things are opening up so movies will be making money and i think that because of the pandemic and because theaters were closed um i have a new attack strategy to picking my top 10 so okay we're gonna, i'm gonna figure that out i'm gonna get that ready we're gonna try to do that by the end of april um get that going and if you want to be involved let us know uh, we'd love to have more people on board to, to read list off. Um, you know, you know, the, one of the things that we did in the past, uh, best listener score, uh, one of t-shirt from the Teespring store. That's right. That's right. <clears throat> so let's resurrect that. Let's do that. Um, <clears throat> also our 200th episode is coming up. Uh, this is episode 197. So, we want to have a celebration for episode 200. Uh, we're kicking around some ideas, but if you have any ideas of how you would like us to celebrate episode 200, send those in. Let us know. Yeah. Contact us via the links below on social media or send us an email. Uh, all queued up podcast at gmail.com. Um, you know, or contact us at any of the links below. Yeah, there you go. Um, also, um, if uh, if you're not willing to participate and you just want a shirt anyway, check out the Teespring store. Teespring store. You can get uh, you can also get a pint glass, uh, a couple stickers. I think there's a coffee mug. Um, mm -hmm. I ordered a coffee mug for myself yesterday. I, I need to do that eventually. I still haven't bought shit. And but. a shirt. And a shirt. Um, one thing about the shirts that I will say that uh, the reason I can't buy one is that I have to buy. 5XLT um, versus just 5XL 
because the t- uh, the the it needs to the bottom needs to be longer, and they only have five XL, which is fine. But I like my gut not hanging out the bottom of my shirt. You know what I mean? I thought they did have them. No, I I looked the other day when I when I was trying to write the notes for the end of the show. Yeah, they don't, they don't. But they still, I mean, their shirts are high quality. They just don't have exactly what fits me. But that's fine. Don't be four hundred fucking pounds, guys. That's as simple as that. Um, if uh, uh, oh, and all the all everything that you buy, all the proceeds go right into the podcast. So keep that in mind. Um, if you want to watch today's uh. The video of today's podcast, you can check that out on the YouTube channel. The link is also below. If you're looking for more podcasts to listen to, head on over to the Nerdvana Network. Plenty of wonderful shows with wonderful people. Uh, link is below on that as well. Uh, that's all my notes. Maya, where can folks find you? Well, you can find me on Facebook under my name, Maya Don Fisher. Uh, it's a public profile, so if you want to follow me there, you can do so. You can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram, which are linked to my Facebook page. You can also catch me on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel every other Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on a show called Figure Banging. It's a live action figure review show. Uh, this week we looked at the new offering from Fans Toys, their version of Generation 1 Skull Cruncher. Uh, they call it Chomp. Uh, Check it out if you're into Transformers or action figures. It's a fun time. That's all the places you can find me. What about you, Greg? Uh, you can follow me on all socials under Chub Rock Geek. Um, I do video game talks with my buddy Anthony from time to time on Mission Start Podcast or Mission Start Tubes. Um, you can check out my solar reviews of whatever streaming show I happen to have watched on our YouTube channel. I need to do one on human resources here very soon since I finished that. Um but that's it. Uh, again, next week, episode three of Halo and Moon Knight both are episode three because they started the same week. Um, excited about that, continuing this because these shows are great so far. Uh, but yeah, check those out. Join us next week. Thank you so much for listening. And I feel like a broken record, but we'll see you next week. <laughs> Take care, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>